welcome to the podcast series on sexual health for seniors with Dr. Sue and Bernie O'Brien. This podcast series is based on conversations with seniors about sexual health, sexual desire and related matters. In this session, we will be discussing Grant. Welcome, Bernie. Thank you, Dr. Sue. It's getting more and more interesting as we go along. (laughs) Just to give a bit of background, and I have said this before in the previous podcast sessions, sexual desire was a topic that I researched with the Queensland University of Technology some years ago by interviews with a range of older people, people who were 65 years and over. This session's narrative is about sexual desire from an older person's perspective, and our focus this week is on Grant's story. Grant was a tall, wiry gentleman with a slight stoop. He had thin grey hair and an open, friendly face. Grant was 82 years of age at the initial interview. He'd been widowed twice after two long marriages. He now lived on his own since his second wife had died almost 10 years ago. Grant described both of his former wives as the two most beautiful women in the world. He had never been unfaithful during those two marriages. He enjoyed the sexual relationships in both marriages and had enjoyed regular sex until his second wife's illness was very advanced. While he looked to be in relatively good health, Grant had already been diagnosed with a terminal illness and was also recovering from a transurethral resection of the prostate, otherwise known as a TERP, to improve urinary flow. He was very open about his sex life. In Grant's words, early in the piece, sex was very religious, very often, two or three times a week, and that lasted until she got very ill. She was about 64, 65. She got emphysema. She used to smoke like a steam engine. She was on oxygen 24 hours a day for a few years and it just got too much. I had to put her in a nursing home in the end and that was about it. Grant appeared in relatively good health, although he had been diagnosed with a terminal illness, as I said. Since his second wife died, Grant had been involved in a three-way sexual relationship with a close male friend, an army buddy, he told me, and a lady who enjoyed simultaneous sex with older men. The three would regularly enjoy a meal, which was followed by what Grant referred to as playtime. Playtime involved both oral and penetrative sex. Grant suspected that the lady had a husband somewhere in the background, but neither Grant nor his friend were interested in making inquiries into the lady's life, not wishing to jeopardise a relationship that they all enjoyed. The threesome eventually ended when Grant experienced erectile dysfunction. Since I've had that prostate business, I couldn't get anything up. I was just hopeless. And I think that's what turned this lady off, you know. It's no good if you want these things and you can't get anybody to do it, but at least she's still got my friend. What do you think about that sort of a relationship? I must admit, as a researcher, I'm supposed to be impartial, but I was a little bit surprised that a gentleman in his 80s would be in a three-way relationship. Uh, Surprising to me also, Dr. Sue. Well, it shows a lot of stamina. Or maybe it was only the uh, desire to try something different. That's true, Bernie, because I think that is one of the things about getting older. You know, some people, and even myself, I think, you have that sense of time running out. I'm not in a threesome. (laughs) And your time is not running out all that fast. No, but there is perhaps that motivation, if you like, to be a little bit more adventurous for some people. I actually can't recall how they met or how it was all set up. I think it was something that evolved slowly. And I think it was his army buddy that who knew the lady first from memory. And then she obviously must have said she wouldn't mind being a little bit more adventurous and they were able to accommodate that. Dr. Sue, you would know even better than I that all of us human beings are creatures of habit. Sometimes people look at me, because I'm maybe slightly older, 
I don't know why, but sometimes they look on me as a sort of a, a source of wisdom. I can't understand that, but they say, what should I do, what could I do? And sometimes I'll suggest to them that they try something a bit different. Right. Not mm-hmm. sexually, but in their lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, get up and, and go for a walk or you should really stop smoking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, yes, of course, smoking takes away a lot of your breath, apart from all the other health implications as well. So, Bernie, are you saying that you give advice to people? Oh, please. <laughs> Not as often as you do, Dr. Sue. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I had any advice for Grant. Yes, he was very open about everything. And so did the threesome end? Yeah, well, it ended up getting erectile dysfunction. So he wasn't able to carry on. So, you know, he did say the relationship between him and his buddy and the lady did continue on. Since the threesome ended, Grant had been involved in a succession of relationships, sexual and companionable. Grant was also the victim of exploitation from one relationship, giving away thousands of dollars in cash and gifts until his family became aware of the situation and assumed financial control over Grant's affairs. Grant was relieved that his family had stepped in, although he resisted their attempts to relocate him into a rural area to be closer to them. He loved his little cottage by the sea and thought the climate would be too cold for him out in the country. Grant continued to form new sexual liaisons and various remedies allowed him to sustain an erection at times, although treatments were not consistently successful. Grant thought that a sexual life was very important and he continued to experience sexual desire, he reported. I feel like having sex regular as clockwork. You know, as soon as I wake up, I say, God, I wish I had somebody here, you know, like and all that sort of thing, but there's nothing there. Like, it wouldn't matter what I try to do and that. It doesn't do anything and I won't bother using that injection stuff again. But I do think sex is all people are put on earth for, really and truly. Well, Bernie, we've talked about this a bit earlier in another session about sex not being the be-all and end-all of a relationship, but there were so many other things involved. Yes. But not to Grant. (laughs) In his 80s, he really has some remarkable ideas, Mm. but... Yes, Dr. Sue, sex is important. Mm. A good, healthy, regular sex life, in my opinion, is an important part of life. And I believe it should be for everybody. But when you think about the other important things in life, it relegates sex to probably a more infrequent event. Mm. The the important things of in my opinion, again, mm. are family and friends and interests, hobbies or sport yeah. and work because without work you won't have an income and you need an mm. income in order to do the rest of it. To survive. Including, of course, the planning that you have to do to make the rest of your life happier and, and more content all around. Mm. A structure. A structure to your life, do you think? A structure to your life. Thank mm. you. And health is not merely sexual health. Health is a very important part of how we're going mm. to go about our lives. And then there's culture. What does our race or our... Ethnicity. ethnicity yes, what are the restrictions expect? or the boundaries? And often there are boundaries because of, of that, course. aren't there? And expectations. What are mm. your expectations? And then how do they relate or gel with the expectations of your partner or your partners or the mm. rest of your family? And yeah. then, of course, there's sex. Mm. It's in there, it's in the mix, it's pretty important, but 
It ate everything. Oh, no, I fully agree with you. And the research shows that people who have meaning in their life are more likely to live a longer age. And perhaps it's also a deterrent for dementia, although I don't think that's always the case. Very intellectual people still able to get dementia as well. But yeah, I think having that meaning. But I guess with Grant, sex itself seemed to have an unusual meaningfulness for him. Because he saw it as the be-all and the end-all, which I thought was quite unusual as well for an older person. It does seem strange. Oh, the other thing, Bernie, I wanted to talk about was all the array of medications and treatments that are available for erectile dysfunction. In the past, a lot of men wouldn't have the options of having an injection to pump up their penis or that kind of thing. The Viagra, all of the different treatments that are available now that support a longer sexual active life. Yes, well, you are the doctor, doctor, and you're quite right. I have no a knowledge. PhD. I'm not a medical doctor. I should clarify that for, the, for listeners. Yes. I have no knowledge of the pumping procedure, but mm-hmm. I have heard a lot about Viagra because it's mm. in open discussion. And I welcome medication of that nature. When I was at my GP sometime in the last couple of years. And I said, are you getting good results with people from Viagra? And he said, yes, we are. And that's good because if you can prolong Mm. the joyful experience that good companionable sex is, then by all means, and Mm. if that includes paying $10 for a pill to help you out, and I don't even know what that costs, then good, you go for it. And and so you should, because it is an important and enjoyable part of life. It's pleasure. Mm. And, Mm. you know, our lives always need a little bit more pleasure. Yeah, that's right. Make use of it. Yeah, I should just say too, there are side effects from uh, some of those treatments as well. And of course, anyway. And no doubt there are side effects from Viagra, but I don't know what they are. Yes, that's right. Medical disclaimer (laughs) over. (laughs) That's right. So if you are thinking about seeking treatment for erectile dysfunction, then discuss it fully with your doctor and be fully aware of all the implications of that. And also, I know from my research too, the other thing that is very important if you're in a relationship is to discuss it with your partner. Oftentimes, (laughs) I know. Not oftentimes. One of the participants in my research just did go and organise Viagra for himself without telling his wife, and it was quite a shock to her when uh, <laughs> when okay. faced with the uh, effect of Viagra. So, yes, I do discuss it with your partner. <laughs> I think I, that's I will. important too. I promise. <laughs> so now we were talking about Grant and uh, how he tried different uh, treatments for his erectile dysfunction because it was very important for him. And he toyed with the idea of using a local brothel to assess his sexual ability. He wanted to see whether he was able to get it up, as he told me. I'd been over to the club and had lunch and quite a few grogs, and somebody told me about this little thing down the road down here. And so I rang up and I explained to the lady, I've just had this prostate operation and I'm just getting over it. And she said, yes. And I said, well, I want to find out if it works. And she said, well... $130 and a half an hour after, and you will know. <laughs> but in the end, Grant decided not to visit the brothel. He was philosophical about his situation, but had not given up hope of resuming a sexual relationship in the future. However, as time progressed, Grant found that he was unable to ejaculate, and even masturbation was becoming painful. I've been active all my life, and it's just, I don't think I could even masturbate because it hurts now. It's just got to that stage, the feeling is there, but there's nothing else there now. In his endeavour to overcome sexual dysfunction, Grant had accumulated a stock of pharmaceuticals which had not been used. Grant was willing to share the unused pharmaceuticals to help a friend with a similar problem. 
My mate comes and gets some off me every now and then, just to pack it off me here and there because he runs out and he knows I've still got some. Mm, what do you think of the implications of that, Bernie? I think that's his army buddy, Dr. Sue. <laughs> it might be. Yes, it might be. But it's The implications it's very... of sharing medication, yeah. not good, not no, good. Uh, no. They're prescribed for a reason and the reason does not apply to everybody. As we've spoken in this session and in previous sessions, everybody has different requirements medically and mm. you shouldn't ever consider sharing medication. No, that's right. Yeah, and I do recall gave some of his medications to a friend who lived in the country and they had to travel for a long distance in the car in the heat in summertime because oh. a lot of medications require refrigeration. So They do. And a lot also have a have a, a pretty important use-by date after mm. which they're sort of not effective anymore. That's right. And, you know, he'd had them on the shelf for quite a while. Yeah, I think we should warn, advise or recommend that people don't share their medications because, as you said, everyone may have a different reaction to them and side effects may be different for different people. So any final thoughts about Grant, Bernie? An interesting story. Yes, very interesting. We're all unique once again. And I wish the man well. I I believe that he's entitled to pursue his own pleasure in his own fashion. And if he can find other like-minded people to help him pursue, then that's fine. Simply not my business. Mm. And I wish him all the best. Well, there is a sad epilogue to Grant's story. Grant finally succumbed to his terminal illness after living for several years after his diagnosis, outliving his life expectancy by a few years. For all his optimism and sunny disposition, Grant's narrative didn't end well. He suffered a series of minor strokes and struggled to remain independent. About a year before his death, Grant experienced a major stroke that left him unable to return to the little cottage by the sea that he loved so much. The sexual adventure was over for Grant. His hopes for warmth at the end of his life went unheeded. His family organised a nursing home placement in a rural area near where they lived. The coldness of life preceded the coldness of death for Grant. So it was a bit sad. It was the one thing, he loved his little cottage by the sea and he hadn't wanted to move to be closer to his family. But obviously there, you know, once his health declined even further, they felt that they wanted to have him nearby and keep a closer eye. And I heard, I heard this secondhand, of course, when I went around there to find out and the neighbour told me what had happened to him. So it was a bit of a sad story and he was a personality that was out there, I guess you'd say, these days. And, yeah, it was it was such a privilege to have met Grant. And, I, I uh, do yeah. believe, Dr Sue, that you were fortunate in each of your interview subjects. They all had uh, a unique story. They're, they're very diverse, these mm. conversations, and it gives you a pretty wide sort of a, a range of issues to have discussed. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, it has been quite an interesting journey. As I said at the beginning, you know, people said to me, older people won't talk to you about their sex life, but I found quite the reverse. And I think one of the problems for older people is a lot of older people in the past didn't have an avenue or a forum where they could discuss these things. And also there was that power imbalance with medical practitioners. You would think that your doctor would be the one you could talk things over with. But I know from informal feedback to me, people didn't want to talk these things over with their doctor because the doctor knew them well with their ordinary health issues and these weren't the sorts of things they could easily discuss with their medical practitioner. So you've been listening to Bernie O'Brien and Dr Sue and we've been talking about sexual desire in older age. The focus this week was on Grant. We'll continue with our series on sexual health for seniors in our next podcast.